Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and so excited to be here with you this morning. It's Wednesday and it is the middle of March 2023, which means we got a lot going on because for all of us, we're sort of gearing up for really what I think is going to be the first big April since the pandemic where it used to be that every month of April, every weekend, there were all these events and there were walks that you could go to and there were different autism awareness and autism action events. And then, of course, you know, we hit the pandemic and that nothing could happen. And different places around the world, you guys have had a little bit of that. And I think this is the first big time since the pandemic that there are going to be autism events. And we are hosting one here uh, from, if you haven't heard... <laughs> And you've probably heard about it so much, you're like, just bring it on, would you? And I feel that way, too. The Autism Network Podcast-a-thon starts on April 4th. It will run until April 6th. It's 44 hours nonstop live. Back-to-back shows. We can't do it all, so we've got the best people that are going to be hosting podcasts for us. Um, going to be remarkable. The new ones that I can tell you, because we have new ones that we're adding all the time, Danny Bowman from Danimation Studios is going to be teaching an art class live. That will be uh, on the second night, April 5th, I believe at 9 p.m. Uh, take, it's not on the schedule yet, so I'm giving you insider information. Also, uh, we're announcing that we, it, they're on the first night, uh, Cooking with Connor, Amazing, amazing. Our friend Carrie Mallory Thompson, who has been with us through so much thick and thin, and her son, who is the most lovely young man. He's a teenager now. I can't even hardly, I, like, it's crazy to me because I remember when he was three. Uh, that's how long we've been doing the show. And he's a teenager now and he loves to cook. This boy is a budding chef and they are going to cook for us live on the show. So we got a little bit of everything, my friends. We got the spec band is going to perform um, all kinds of goodies. If you want to check out what's happening for the podcast-a-thon and chart your viewing over those 44 hours, remember that all of it will podcast. You will, you're going to have to give us a minute because it'll take us a while to get it all uploaded, but all of it will be available as a podcast in that week afterwards. And, um, but some of it you're going to want to watch live because you're going to want to interact. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and for those of you who are different places in the world who haven't had the opportunity to watch us live, ooh, it's your time. It's your time. And it's the middle of the week, so we were. our goal was to make it so that we weren't conflicting with anything else. And, of course, my calendar didn't say that on the second night it's Passover. I blew it, and...
again, I apologize, but there's a whole 24, 27 hours before it's Passover that I hope that uh, if you participate in Passover that you will watch some of those hours. And I do apologize. It was an oversight on my part, nobody else's. Anyway, um, so excited for that. So if you want more information, if you go to autismnetwork.com, there are spots all over it that you can click that are interactive. And once you click on something, it'll take you to a landing page where you get three choices, where you can check out our sponsors, which I haven't worked on that yet, but I have to get working on that today. Um, Then there's a place where you can look at the schedule. I really encourage you to go there. It shows you hour by hour, the 44 hours, what's happening. Some of them already have information filled in. Some of them I'm in the process of filling information, but they all have a more info button that before we, you know, before weekend. I got to get that all filled in. Some of them it's already filled in with great resources that you can click to find out more about the people and the books uh, that they have written and the information that they're going to be covering. It's, it's amazing. We've got people covering sleep issues and nighttime issues. Amanda Ralston is going to cover that for us. We've got people covering executive functions, uh, building language. Dr. Mary Barbera is going to be talking about building language to reduce tantrums. You're going to love it. It's pretty fabulous. And there's stuff, no matter if you are the person on the spectrum or you're somebody who loves somebody on the spectrum and the person that you love on the spectrum might be an infant or it could be a toddler, school-aged, teenager, or adult. We've got something for everybody, which uh, I'm very happy. By the way, Dr. Temple Grandin, going to do a whole hour of answering your questions. Uh, we have so many doctors. Uh, Dr. Grampichet is going to do Ask Dr. Doreen for many hours. She's actually doing... Um, a new segment where uh, it's sh- that, that Dr. Grampichet is going to be interviewing some of the luminaries that she has enjoyed over the years, over her 45-year career, uh, people that she really wants to talk to. I know one of the people she's going to be talking to is Ariva Martin from the Special Needs Network. So, so, so amazing, you guys. I'm really excited about all of this. So check it out. Go to the calendar. Go to autismnetwork.com. Click on anything and then click on the calendar and you can see everything. If, though, you know somebody who'd like to sponsor one of the hours, please have them click the sponsorship opportunity button and they can make an appointment um, right away because we're running out of time. So please let us know if you want to sponsor a wonderful hour. And remember that it's not just the hour that then it podcasts. So you'll be sponsoring it forever, which is a great, great opportunity. I don't think we've ever offered the opportunity for somebody to sponsor uh, an Ask Dr. Doreen or even sponsor Talking with Temple. Like, like we've never had that on the table before. So it's a great, great opportunity for somebody who wants that opportunity. Okay, um, but today we're going to be talking about 10 tips for success during school breaks. I'm going to give you a, a little bit of insider information here that it's actually 11. I gave you a bonus tip because I couldn't fit it in anyplace else. Um, and these are things that, for some of you, this is timely because you have spring break just around the corner or you're in the middle of it or, um, you know, it could be that your spring break has already come and gone and you're already looking forward to summer break. And I say looking forward sarcastically because a lot of times when people who love individuals on the spectrum are looking at breaks, what you're looking at is a break from your services. And it can be a very stressful time, which is why 
why I wanted to address this now. Because there are things that you can do so that it isn't a stressful time, that you get to have the same joy and break that other people have. Because I remember what it was like for me that I would go, oh, I'm looking forward to a break. Couldn't we all use a break? Oh my gosh, a break would be great. And then I would realize, no, a break means that I'm in this by myself. But there are things that you can do to make sure that that isn't the case and that the time that you do have, you use as effectively as possible. So we're going to get busy with that in just a second. Let me remind you that we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other places, and our fabulous Traven will start to show those to you on the screen. I'll remind you that this show also is available as a podcast. We've been doing this now for 12 years. I think, are we coming up on it being 13 years now? I Like time flies. But in any case, um, we hope that you will go look at our vast library of videos. I want to remind you that, as I said, the show is available as a free download wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, though, that is an audio-only podcast now because that's something that you guys ask for. When we feel that the show is... It, that it's critical that you see what's happening, then then we make it available as a video podcast as well. But um, if you want to see the videos ever of what we're doing, we always do the video version, and it is always available on YouTube. And we have a vast library on YouTube that you can search it and say, you know, I'd like to know every time somebody talked about toilet training, potty training, whatever you want to call it, and you can search our YouTube library and find amazing treasure troves of stuff. I know just recently, uh, it's, it's funny because we'll make a video and then 10 years goes by and then people discover it and discover it in droves 10 years later. So people have been discovering different videos and we go, oh, okay, well, it was 10 years before it's time. What can I say? Um, <laughs> but, but there's a lot of information and a lot of experts. We have by no means interviewed everyone, but we've interviewed a lot of people. I love it when friends and viewers will send, and they'll go, you know, you should have this person on the show. And I'll go, yeah, we've had them on um, twice, in fact. <laughs> but sometimes I go, oh, I don't know this person because I can't know everything, right? Please uh, forgive me for being human and not knowing everything, uh, which re- leads me to my next, next thing that we always like to give the disclaimer here that while we do have lots of experts on the show, I'm not an expert in autism. I'm not an expert in anything. I know a little about a lot of things, but I'm not an expert in anything. I'm not even an expert in my own child. I do identify as a pony. I am a parent of a neurodiverse individual, and I am so proud of him. It hurts, right? And he is lovely, and I love every inch of him exactly the way that he is. But I also view him as a living, growing being just like me, and that I'm learning, and I evolve, and I, you know, there are things that when we started this show, you will watch video, and I will say something that I now have amended what I think uh, because I grow. And my son grows, and he does different things like every, every other person on the planet. But I absolutely adore him. I love to watch his view of the world, and that's very exciting for me. So I am also the author of Autism Parent to Parent because I believe that, not that there isn't, well, I don't think there's enough. There is, there are some people who are talking to parents of individuals on the spectrum and and helping them with what it's like to go through this journey and speaking plainly, but I just don't feel like there's enough. So 
I, you know, from time to time people would call me and say, I wish I could just download what you already know. And I thought, well, okay, there's a reason to write a book then. So I downloaded everything that I knew as of the point that the book was published and it's available for you. But we do a lot of these parent to parent talks here on the show. In fact, we're getting ready to start one right now. So I, thank you. I hope that you guys, we, um, will, uh, write in if you have questions and uh, as I said, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. I think Traven showed those to you already. And, um, and if you're watching in podcast and you go, I want to participate, you can always email me directly, shannon at autism-live.com. Now, here's the trick with this, shannon at autism-live.com. When you email me, if I don't get back to you really quickly, send your email again because I either get back quickly or it gets lost in the shuffle. And sometimes it just gets lost in the ether and I never get it. But I never want to ignore you. People are always surprised. They're like, I can't believe you email me back and you email me back so quickly. Um, yes, I am a real person. You can pinch me. I am real and I do try to get back to you. But I'm either pretty fast or it doesn't happen. So don't, don't think, oh, she just doesn't like me. She didn't like my question. Um, just email me back. Be kind and rewind. Isn't that something they say? Um, it's not usually about emailing me, but I'm going to borrow it. Okay. So here's how we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to go through the top 10 tips for school success during school breaks. And I'm going to go through the 10 things really quickly for those of you who have places you have to be and not going to elaborate on them a lot. And then we're going to go back through and I'm going to elaborate and give tips and tricks to, to flush this out. Okay. But it's really important that we use these breaks well. You can either survive or thrive, right? Um, And I would rather thrive than survive. But surviving is always good, right? It's the first order of business. Okay, so let's take a look. And remember, this is a parent-to-parent talk. This isn't what the teachers are going to say necessarily. This isn't what your your service providers are going to say. This is from me telling you from my experience and from other parents' experience, okay? That's my little disclaimer. So number one, ask early and often for services during the break. You know this joke about vote early and often? Um, I think that this really applies to your services. So if you're getting ABA, you're getting speech, you're getting OT, if you're getting adaptive physical education, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to ask for more except a little bit of time. But it's, you know, I was taught sales many years ago and, and I was taught go for the no. Keep asking until you get a no. And I think that this is super important. So ask early and often for services. If it's already spring break for you right now or you had spring break last week, it's not too early to ask for and tell your ABA provider what your summer schedule is and to ask for more. I'll go into more detail about this in a minute. Good morning, Parker. Um, it's not a rerun. I am, I am live right now. And does it cover ESY? Well, in the sense that this, uh, it will. It will. Stick with me. It's coming up. Okay, number two, uh, you have to schedule one fun thing a day because sometimes we forget that you got to do one fun thing a day. And other times we overschedule and we go, all right, we're going to do these 18 things. You know the phrase sufficient onto the day? Schedule one fun thing. And that one fun thing might last five minutes. 
right? It might be that you get crayons to decorate the entire bathtub, their bathtub crayons, right? That might be the one fun thing. But I challenge you to schedule one fun thing a day during a break. Uh, it's what you'll remember when the break is over. And that's part of what a break is, is building those memories. Uh, okay, we're going to keep the sleep schedule the same. Yes, you're going to hate me, but your life will be better if you keep the sleep schedule the same. I know we all want to sleep in. It doesn't work out. I've seen this movie. The end is bad. Uh, we'll talk more about this in a minute. Number four, uh, I can't read it. I'm too blind. Allow for downtime, but just don't let it take over. So... Thank you, Draven, taking pity on me. Yes, uh, so allow for downtime. Just don't let it take over because sometimes when we get into the mode of downtime, that's it. Um, and, and we don't ever want to come back out of it. So we'll talk about how to do this and, and what, what maybe not to do. Number five, spend at least a little bit of time outdoors every day. That might, and by the way, that can coincide with the one fun thing that um, maybe you don't have time to get to the playground on a regular basis, but you can during a break. And I will tell you that this will help keep you, the sleep schedule the same because I don't know what it is, but fresh air helps wear our children out. And we, and we talked about this on Monday. We want them to be good tired, right? Where they've worn themselves out like Disney tired. They went to Disneyland and they're tired. That kind of good tired. Okay, we're going to eat fun food. And we'll talk at length about this. This does not mean that we're going to eat bad food. We're going to eat fun food or we're going to eat it in a fun way. I'll talk more about this in a second. Here we go, uh, Parker. We're going to utilize all supports and therapies available to the max. We're going to take everything that we can and we'll, we'll go into why that does involve ESY. Uh, okay, we're going to go somewhere that we've never been before. And you may only have to do this once, not every day, but you're going to go someplace different. And why? Because we're working on flexibility always, right? And we're working on building a life that understands things are different in different places and we want some adventure, right? This could be the fun thing on that day, but we're going to go somewhere new. Uh, we're going to offer choices because how many times in a day do you, does your child have a choice? Right? How many times in a day do you have a choice? Sometimes we don't have a choice. Like this morning you might have had to pour everybody into the car and it's raining and, and you know, your child is like, but I want five more minutes. And you're like, I cannot give you that choice, right? But a break is an opportunity to maximize choices and making choices. So we're going to do that. Number 10. Oops, did I fix the wrong button? Oh, Sometimes it's slow. Number 10, we're going to reward everyone, including yourself. We're going to make sure that there's something that's, don't leave yourself out, something that's really rewarding that's fabulous. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. And, and number 11, our bonus tip, we're going to do a nighttime speed clean with everyone. Okay, this is one of my favorite tips for life that especially if you have multiple kids, but even if you only have one kiddo, if it's you and your kiddo, that we have a time before bed. And if, if you're working on the bedtime ritual, and we talked about this on Monday, you would do this a little bit earlier, maybe after the bath, before we start the bedtime, you know, big routine where we're slowing things down. You can put music on or not, but we set a timer. And if you have little kids, maybe you set it for a minute. If you have older kids, you can set it for five minutes. You, if you have a, like teenagers and adult children, you can set it for 20 minutes. I wouldn't, I, maybe you could go a half hour, right? But you put on music that's fun and you go, oh, and you can assign 
tasks or not or assign a room and you go, okay, we're speed cleaning and it's how fast can we clean this up? And if you think about it, you know, it, like the Legos were always a thing for us. There were Legos all over my house and I hate stepping on a Lego. There's nothing more painful in life, right? Um, so we would do this and we'd go, okay, it's time for speed clean. And we would sing the Barney song, clean up, clean up, everybody clean up. But I would sing it really fast. It's like, how fast can we get all the Legos in the the bin? Right. And maybe it takes 30 seconds and we'd be laughing and hysterical because we're rushing, rushing, rushing to do it. So you don't even notice or mind that you're doing it, but it ended up saving me all kinds of time and teaching him that he was responsible for cleaning up his stuff. And we still do this sometimes in our house that we'll do, you know, at the end of the night, I'll go, okay, we, every, we need to do a speed clean. I'm going to, we're going to put on music for 20 minutes and we're just all going to clean for 20 minutes. And it's amazing how picked up the place gets. And you need that for so many reasons, because A, if you do it right, it's fun. If you put good music on and if you're being silly while you're doing it and, you know, we do it where, you know, the couch pillows get all arranged and we're throwing the pillows and somebody else puts them and you're running and dashing and it just, it adds an element of fun to it. But it also means that you didn't end up spending all that time cleaning by yourself and it teaches responsibility to the other people in the family and it reminds everybody, yeah, we got to keep the wheels on the bus. Okay. Uh, and you can, you can email me questions on other topics. You can also ask them here. And if I have time, I will get to them. Uh, okay. So we're going to go back to the beginning. We're going to reset this and we're going to go through these slowly. Parker has said season passing passes to anything else from amusement parks to zoos, to museums, season passes can, can be expensive, but are worth it. And, and Parker, I absolutely love this suggestion because it goes under the heading of the do one fun thing. Now, everybody can't necessarily afford season passes. If you can, and if you know that there's something like, we ended up getting a membership to the Los Angeles Museum. I'm trying to think what the name of it was, but it gave us the ability to have free admission to like five museums. And it was worth it for us because we were going there on a regular basis. Um, but before we could afford that, cause there were years when we couldn't afford that, what we did was we would do a search to see what were, um, all the free things in our area. And we live in Los Angeles, so there's a longer list than there is other places, I'm sure, but everybody has something right. And, and a lot of those places now that are attached to magazines and newspapers, they say things to do this weekend or things to do this week. Um, and you can put in a filter family fun and you can put in the filter free. And a lot of museums have one day a month that is free. And some of the, some cities coordinate and do it all on one day. That's like Tuesdays are the free day or Thursday is the free day. Um, one day a month or one day a week. And we, I've talked about this before on the show during summer break one year, we, when we were working on socialization, we called it Thursdays with Jem and it was it Thursday or Tuesday. I think it was Thursdays, but, um, we had a schedule and we handed out the schedule to his entire class before we went to summer break. And we didn't say to people that they needed RSVP. We just said, we will be here on this day. Uh, we're going to be at Travel Town, which is this amazing, amazing free train, like real life old train museum that you can climb on the trains 
in Burbank, uh, California. And we said, we're going to be there on this date and you can meet us there. I remember that date because it was the day that Michael Jackson died. We got there and we were having a picnic lunch and people started coming and they were like, did you see the news? Um, but, but you know, that was, that was a sad thing, but, uh, Every week there was a different place and we would show up and there would always be a couple of people and we would do that thing together. So it would become a play date. It would become, um, you know, a great opportunity for us to work on a bunch of different things. Um, and it was that one fun thing. Parker, thank you for sharing my email with Anne. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, so let's start going through these and see uh, what we want to talk about. So if you have ABA, let's start there. If you are doing ABA services, and I hope and pray that you are, if, uh, if you are getting good quality ABA that is individual specific, takes into consideration that person's sensory needs, work is, works on things that are important to that individual, right? If you're getting that kind of good ABA, then you definitely want to maximize the number of hours that you're doing it. Usually you get a prescription and often in this day and age, the prescription that you will get, it's very hard to get the full number of hours because there's a work shortage. Uh, uh, there's just aren't enough people to staff those hours on a regular basis. So it used to be that the hours would go by week. They don't do that now under insurance. Usually what they do is they will, um, they will give you a block of hours that are good for a three or a six month period, sometimes a, a month period. But in any case, it's a bigger block of hours. And a lot of times you have extra hours that are left over. Let's say that you have a, a prescription for 25 hours, but your ABA provider has only been able to be giving you 18 a week. That means that you've got a shortfall on average uh, I'm not good at math, but that would be seven hours, right? A week that you are not using. Think about that times a month, right? So now we're at, what, 24 hours that you have extra? And, and think about that month over month. So you can get to a break and you can, if you say to them, hey, is it possible for you to staff a 40-hour program for one week, maybe they can do that because maybe some of their workers are on spring break as well because often it's college students. But it has to be coordinated so far in advance that you pretty much have to be an army general to be able to put it together. Well, thank goodness that there are some amazing people that are working in some clinics that are able to do that but they don't know to do it unless you've told them that you'll make yourself available. Plus, which a lot of people bug out for um, and go away on trips on things during breaks. I don't understand that. When you're in early intervention, I understand taking a day off to maybe go to Disneyland, but to leave for an entire week worth of services, I got to tell you, that feels like a tourniquet around my neck to think about that because it's an opportunity where your child could get more, and you say, okay, but I want the experience of going to, you know, Hawaii for a week. I'm not trying to say Hawaii is not a bad thing, but if you're in early intervention, what's going to happen is you're going to go to Hawaii for a week and think it's going to be this wonderful thing where you're sipping flower drinks on a pool, but your child is not going to know what to do. And they're going to they're gonna have a hard time, which means you're not sipping a drink by the edge of the pool. And then you come back and your child's been without therapy for a week and sometimes you'll have regression. So I encourage you to take shorter breaks and maximize therapy when you're in the early intervention. 
because you could get a 40-hour program. And what I've seen, I'm just going to say this, when people see the difference, because uh, the number of times that a parent has said to me, well, 25 and 40 hours are pretty similar. I don't see how it could make that much of a difference. Which, you know, I want to say to them, so if your boss said to you, I'm going to pay you 25000 or if they said, I'm going to pay you $40,000, and then they said, eh, I'm going to give you 25000 it's not that much different, you would go, hello, 25 and 40 are really far apart. It's a big difference. Same thing for therapy. So what I've seen is that I've said to parents over a summer break, can you lobby for and use all of your hours during the summer break and get a 40-hour uh, program? And what happens is that when the summer is over, the child has made so much progress that they go, okay, now I want a 40-hour program all the time because that's what happens. But I'm just saying do it for a week, do it for three weeks, do it whatever, but tell the provider. Ask them, if we're here and we maximize, can you meet us there? And a lot of times they can because other people have gone to Disneyland. Don't feel like you're missing the boat if you don't go to Disneyland because what I'm going to tell you to do is go to Disneyland later, like a year later, and then, or go to Hawaii a year later and sit and, and sip the fruit, fruit drink while your child is having a great time in the pool because now they know how to regulate themselves and have a great time. You can do it just... Or, or, or just go for one day. You're not going to go to Hawaii for one day, but you can go to Disneyland for one day or go to the amusement park near you for one day or go to the museum for one day. Um, uh, Parker says, in my case, we took a month off so I can see my grandmother and grandfather in another state. It worked for my family. It might not work for others. This was two decades ago. So I'm wondering how old you were, Parker. And, you know, sometimes you got to do that. I, I, I want to leave room for this. Sometimes you got to do this. I did pull my son out of his program uh, one time because a family member needed us really badly. And, um, you know, uh, a family member had their first baby, and, they, and, you know, when a baby comes, it's this wonderful, wonderful thing, and we were waiting to hear, but the baby uh, had some severe health issues, and there was a question about whether the baby was going to live. I'm happy to report that the baby is now a happy 15-year-old, which is yay team. But um, we were like the second week of kindergarten, and we got the call that we weren't sure. Um, and I, I was the closest, and I was still far away. Um, but we loaded my entire family in the car um, so that we could go and be there. And I, I'm a big fan of, you know, sometimes... There's a thing that you got to go and do. And I will say that when my mother, when we got word that my mother was not going to live very long, I, I took another 10 days and I took my son. He wasn't in his program anymore, but I pulled him out of school and I said, we, you know, this is the only time that we can do that. And it was 10 days. Uh, and, and it was hard for him because he had a lot of work and school to make up afterwards. And, and even the, the week that we went uh, when it was the family member with the baby, it was hard on him. And it was hard for us to be without his therapy, but sometimes you have to do it. But you, Hawaii can wait, yeah? And I will say that I know a lot of parents that will take their child, like for me, Parker, I'm glad that you're bringing this up, um, that you, know, you went for a month. That's a long time. If I was going to take my child for more than 10 days, I would try to set up services where I was going for more than 10 days. Even, you know, because it becomes hard. Um, Parker says, I was three to four, but ABA people were so providing on that. My father worked at the oil refinery and it was just my mom and my sister and I, um, 
Well, I'm glad that you got to spend that time with your grandparents, and I'm glad to hear another side of it. I'm sh- do you remember that time, um, and do you remember your grandparents as a result of that? Because I, I can imagine that that's uh, it's an important time. It's a really important time. And, and if you absolutely have to go, I do know a lot of families that will go like to India or I, I know one family that uh, every summer they would go to Czechoslovakia for the summer and then they would come back and they're, they would be like, we don't understand why we're not making more progress. And I was like, well, you know, um, you, consistency is a, a thing and you got to do that. Uh, and, and Parker says, and, and West Virginia was horrible at services back then. I can email you stories about them another time. I look forward to that, Parker. Thank you. But in any case, ask for the services, and people say, oh, well, you know, but I have speech and I have OT. It doesn't hurt to ask. Ask if they'll provide um, services during a break. I know that um, they used to provide uh, speech and OT for my son during the summer. Um, They wouldn't do it during a spring break, but they did during the summer. So it doesn't hurt to ask. And especially if for some reason your school, let's say that in your IEP that it was that you were supposed to get a certain amount of um, services and you weren't getting it, ask them if they'll provide it during the break or, or they've got to provide it during the summer. They have to make up those hours one way or the other. So ask them when they are going to make it up. Okay. Um, scheduling one fun thing a day. So this can be amusement park. It can be going to a museum. It can be going to get ice cream. It can make mean making something in the kitchen that's super fun. It can mean making a, um, uh, an obstacle course in your living room. It can mean having races with laundry baskets. Uh, we have, we put together, I put together a list of 101 fun things to do at home during the pandemic when we had no choice to go out. So, and then we added to it and we added a lot of things. I imagine that some of the things, because there used to be virtual museum tours, I don't know if they still have those or not. So when you look at the list, <coughs> excuse me, it's, it's somewhere. I don't know where, I know that the list is in the back of my book, but it, we also have it in a blog somewhere, but I couldn't tell you. It's probably on the blog. I don't know if the blog still works on autism-live.com. Uh, but we'll see if we can't locate it. But it is in the back of my book. I put it there so I would always know where to find it. But you guys can come up with things. Look in your calendar for what's happening in, in your town. But this doesn't have to be a massive thing. But just one thing a day. That What does your child like? Do they like to go to the park? So you go to the park and you can spend 15 minutes there. And that's your one fun thing of the day. Don't try to do 30, like if you say, okay, well, I want to do a, a, a craft project with my child, or I want to do a cooking project. That's the one fun thing. Don't schedule a cooking project and a craft project, because I'll tell you what will happen. You will be exhausted. So schedule one fun thing a day and know that that's enough. And it does not have to last all day long. Uh, okay, let's move on to keep the sleep schedule the same. I know, I said earlier, you're not going to like me for this one, (laughs) right? Nobody likes me for this one. I don't like me for this one. Uh, Because I remember what it was like when I was single and I didn't have a child and that there were times that I would just go, I'm sleeping until whenever I wake up. You know what? I can't do that anymore. Um, My body is so used to not sleeping that if if I'm, my dog, if I am still in bed at 7.15, will come and bark in my face to check to see if I'm alive. 
you know what I'm saying? So, and he, but here's the thing. When we have kiddos, um, let's go back to the example of we all just, well, not all of us, those of you in Arizona didn't go through this. <laughs> we, the rest of us went through a time change. And it was brutal, wasn't it? It was absolutely brutal because we changed things by one hour. Whereas normally we change things by a minute and a half. So if you let your child for this week sleep as late as they want and stay up later, how many weeks do you think it's going to take before you're back on schedule? And during that time when you're not on schedule, how many times are you going to be frustrated? How many times are they going to be upset and frustrated? How many times are you going to hear from the teacher, well, they seem really tired in class? Or, or that they you know, acted out because they were tired in class? When you add up all of that together, it is a reason to keep the sleep schedule the same. If you can't keep it absolutely the same, try to adhere to it as much as possible. So if, for instance, you decide to go to Disneyland for one day and you go to Disneyland and, you know, you paid a lot of money to go there and you're going to stay out later and you're going to let your child stay up later uh, so you don't get home until 1130 and they didn't fall asleep in the car until 1030, but normally they go to bed at 930. Well, this is not the end of the world, right? You're an hour off of the sleep schedule, but then get them up at the regular time in the morning. I know that there is a part of you that's going to say, why don't I let them sleep a little bit late because we stayed out late? Well, you know, I hear that, but I'm going to raise you tantrums a week later if you do that. Um, If you get them up, uh, they they might be a little bit groggy in the morning and you're going to be kind to them and you're going to do things throughout the day, but then they will for sure go to bed at their regular time the next night and you're back on the schedule. So if you get off schedule, get back on as quickly as you possibly can. How about if you're a teen doing a research paper or college admission stuff? Um, you mean for as far as the sleep schedule goes, um, Parker? Because um, I think everything changes when we get into the teen years, right? And I'm going to be honest and say that I still don't have this figured out. That I and I gave up a little bit in that I have said to my son, um, who is going to college but still living at home, but he's 19 years old, and I have said to him, "You're an adult. You're an adult, and I taught you about how to go to bed and how to get rest and how you feel if you're rested. Now you need to figure it out for yourself." Now, do I occasionally say, um, "Gosh, I think you're tired. Do you think you should go to bed early?" But I need for him to figure it out for himself as an adult, like I'm still figuring it out for myself as an adult, because sometimes I push it too far. But I think if there, we're going to get to that choice thing in a minute. And I think it's really important as a person gets older, and this is for everyone, people go, well, this isn't, doesn't apply to my child because my child has a developmental disability or my child as twice exceptional or my child's on the spectrum. And I disagree. I think that every person as they age needs to get more choice because that gives them some autonomy and that helps to mitigate frustration. We are not living in a police state and we shouldn't live in a police state. And our, our adult children should not live in a police state. They need to have choice. And so if it was anybody else that was 18 years old, Uh, they would have some autonomy over when they go to sleep. So that's the position that I take, but it's often a difficult position and not always, I'm not killing it, can I say? Um, Yeah, 
Uh, so Parker, it was the sleep schedule that you were talking about, but, and, and yes. So if, if we have a teenager who is doing, um, a research paper and, you know, I would try to lead by example and say, you know, there comes a point when you're not productive anymore, right? So we, and we need to be executive functioning this so that we don't always leave the research paper work until the night before, that we do a little bit every day. I would try to model that behavior and encourage that behavior. But sometimes you just have to let them learn the lesson and you got to ride the ride with them. Uh, one of the things that I loved at my son's high school that they would give us like this list of things that we could do during finals and when papers were due that uh, the principal would always tell us, make sure that you're feeding them highly nutritious food and that it shows up on regular intervals because we don't want to leave that up to them because you don't want to add, you know, being sleep deprived with being undernourished, right? Um, but I do think that um, if we don't start at about 14, letting them have some choices about when they go to sleep and how they go to sleep, um, that then suddenly when they're 18, they have to learn it. And I do think, excuse me, that everybody needs to learn that. Um, and, and I know that there are people who are like, nope, my child, um, doesn't have enough executive functions to do that. But then I think we should work on that for them to understand when their body is tired and to take themselves to bed at a certain age. I know, I know there will be exceptions, but, um, I do think that regular sleep solves a lot of the world's problems um, and ours too. Now I clicked it, but it didn't go. Now it's going to jump one. It did. Number four, uh, we're going to allow for downtime. We're just not going to let it take over. I'm all for scheduling downtime and uh, I'm all for visual schedules and putting up a visual schedule for the break or day by day. And what's great is I always have wrapping paper around because it's somebody's birthday or some holiday or something, right? So I always have, and I have inexpensive wrapping paper, which I'm a big fan of. Go to the dollar store, get yourself some wrapping paper because it can have whatever design you want on the front side, but guess what it is on the back? White. And it's great for putting a big thing that's not only going to last for a week on the wall. And I, you know, tape it up on the wall with tape that doesn't hurt the wall. And we can say, you know, Monday's schedule with a magic marker. And we can go through and say what what it is that we're going to do because then I can refer to it. He can refer to it. And by the way, this reduces anxiety. But on that schedule, we put a block of time on there that's downtime. And this is a great thing to do because a lot of our kids don't know how to have downtime. So if your child doesn't know how to entertain themselves yet, this is the perfect opportunity to work on that. You can say to your ABA provider, this is something that we need to work on, or you can go to skills and, and look at um, play centers or you can do this on your own. It's easier when you have somebody to help you, but basically you take like four activities that you know that they love to do and you set them up so that they're all ready to go. Like if they love to play in their play kitchen, the play kitchen is set up. And then if they love to play with their spirograph, uh, if you don't know what a spirograph is, they're coming back, uh, right? You have the spirograph set up. And then if they love to do art, you have their art easel there. And if they love to play with their car garage thing, it's set up there too. And you have like a picture of each one and you say, okay, you're going to go play at this. 
and for this amount of time and and when the beeper goes off you have to move from one to the other this helps them to work on transitioning which is a skill that they need to have no matter what grade they're in kindergartners transition from center to center right but it also helps them to remember oh, okay I like this I like this so eventually you get to the point where you set up the play centers and you say which one do you want to play first it's that choice thing right first you say you're gonna do this do this do this and when the timer goes off you move from thing to thing but then eventually you say which one would you like to play first and then you let them put them in the order great and then eventually you say to them okay so you've got you know 20 minutes here to play you've got four choices here which ones do you want to play you can play all of them one of them two of them and then eventually you just fade that out and you say okay this is your time to go play you go play what do you want to play and they already know what they want to play we don't just say to them uh okay you go play and hope that they figure it out because for some of our kids they're like i don't know what to do and if you're not doing this with your child, I, I, when people say to me, well, ABA, it forces them to not make choices and it forces them to not know what to do, that's people who are only doing it like four hours a week because you never get to this lesson. This lesson is there and it, it like lets them know all the things that are available and then teaches them how to choose what you want to do when you want to do. But when we say to our kids, okay, because, you know, one of the things that I used to love was just taking, oh my gosh, when I was single and I would teach college, Sundays was my day that, you know, I would stay in my flannel jammies all day long and my day was my day and I could do whatever I wanted with it and it was just sacred and nobody could interrupt it, right? And I really wanted to keep that as a parent, but it, you know, it didn't always work out, right? Because if I would say to my son, we're not doing anything today, you know, sometimes he would be like, woohoo, but within two hours we would have a tantrum because he didn't know how to regulate himself through that. Um, he needed more input than that and he needed more help knowing, okay, well, when I feel this way, I need to transition to something else. And now, you know, he's like, leave me alone, I'm doing my own thing, right? Which is a great way to be. And he always has something going on. Um, so important, important. Um, Parker says they have cooking experience for kids now in places where kids can learn science and to code. Absolutely. There are all kinds of camps that you can pay for or go to. Sometimes they have things at your local library where that you can just sign up to go and play chess or do Legos or do robotics, or they'll have performances that it's, you know, a magician comes and it's interactive or they're going to build a craft, whatever. Your local YMCA has things like that as well. So there are all kinds of things. But so with the, with the downtime, schedule it, make sure that there is some time for it. Just don't let it be hours on end because it probably won't go well unless you have an older teen who is used to that. Uh, spend time outdoors. Yeah, even if it's just that you go for one walk a day. And, and I have heard parents say it's hard to go for a walk because... Uh, you know, our, my child wants to run and they want to run out into the street. I remember that phase really well. Um, or your child then, you know, we would have the days when Jem would perseverate on the grate that was where the water flows uh, from the street. And he would want to just look at the grate forever. And to get him to go on the walk was really hard because, you know, that's what he wanted to do was look at the grate. Um, one of the things that we found to be effective was that I gave him an old camera that I had that was a digital camera 
and uh, that had a, uh, the little screen on it that would show you what you took the picture of. And I asked him to take pictures on the walk. And what that, for whatever reason for him, I'm not saying this will work for everybody, but what that did for him was that he, it gave him an ability to take a picture of the great. And then, he, then it was like, oh, I've, I see the picture of the great. I have that. Now I want to go take a picture of something else. And he knew that he was getting to keep those pictures. So there was a value for him of wanting to take more pictures. We made a coffee table book of the pictures that he took when he was four and five. They were amazing. And it was great for us to see his perspective because sometimes he would take a really close up picture of something or a really far away picture from something else. It was just fascinating to see what what he would do and it helped him to be able to modulate what all of this stuff in the world and he didn't have to um, perseverate on it because he had the picture and he could look at it at home so he could move on to the next thing now recently dr grand shared the story of one of her former clients that um he the mom had just gone on a trip with him and mom came back and reported that he videotaped everything, um, that they were like in Paris and he just videotaped everything. And she was like, what are you, you know, a, a budding videographer? Uh, and he said, well, no, because I can only take in so much information when I'm there and I don't want to be overwhelmed by how much information I want to take in, but I videotaped it. So now I can watch it. And every time that I watch it, I can see something else that I didn't see before, which we all went, oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. And it helped him to be able to access going to all these places sensorily. So I am a fan of the camera thing. It's not for everybody. For other kids, they're much more tactile. So um, I have a friend who, when she goes on nature walks with her kiddo, they're just in her neighborhood, right? <laughs> she's not hike, hiking up a mountain, but she says, okay, we're going to go on a nature walk. And they bring a little, one of those cloth, uh, shopping bags that they put over the, the shoulder and they'll stop and they'll pick up a leaf and they go, oh, this is a great leaf. Should we add it to our collection? And they put it in the bag and they find, you know, a seed pod or something. And, oh, we're going to put it in the bag. And in the same way, it helps to propel them because they're keeping something. Then they come home and they put it out in the bag and they look at all of it. And, and this mom actually then sometimes takes the, they have one of those, um, printer scanner things at home that's also a, a fax machine and so she'll put it on the glass and she makes a color Xerox of it so that the child they don't have to keep the stuff they throw the stuff away and the child has a record of it and for whatever reason that propels him through the walk so spend some time outdoors uh, some kids will get excited about other stuff uh, like some kids want to play Frisbee, some kids want to kick a ball, so, a lot of kids like to go swimming if that's a, a thing that's available, but get yourselves outdoors. Uh, my mother used to use an expression, it's a country expression, she would say, you got to get outside and blow the stink off, right? <laughs> right? But there is that thing, and I, and I love saying they got to get their yayas out. Uh, I used to take Jem to the local college uh, running track, and, and make him run around the track because, man, it helped regulate him. He loved it. 
Okay, we're gonna eat fun food. Oh, Parker says, fishing to me is calming. Find a destination to walk to. That is what works for me. That's wonderful. Parker, they have a, um, uh, a I don't think it's a park, but there's a, a lake uh, that's very close to us here in the Los Angeles Valley. It literally is the, you know the opening sequence of the Andy Griffith show, you're probably way too young for that. But on the Andy Griffith show, in the opening, Andy and Opie, who was Ron Howard, are walking along this lake where they have been, they've got their fishing poles and they've been fishing. Well, that lake actually exists in this park. It's just hidden. Uh, you got to drive up this little way and then you're in this amazing wooded area with this beautiful pristine lake that looks exactly like it did on the Andy Griffith show. Um, but it's a great place to go um, around here. They do a lot of filming there, but a lot of times it's just available to the public to walk. Uh, so sometimes I've lived here forever and didn't know that it was there until somebody told me about it. You got to ask around to find it. Okay, so talking about eating fun food, sometimes this means just like decorating the food that you have. Like if you're, if you're making, a lot of times we get the gluten-free pancakes at Trader Joe's that um, they're frozen. And so they're so simple, but my son loves raspberries. And so I will take the raspberries and put them, I don't do this anymore. He would not stand for it if I did this. Oh, but when he was little, I would make little faces on the pancakes out of raspberries or whatever it was that we have, bananas, whatever. So you're just making the food fun. And you know why you do this during spring break? Because sometimes you just don't have the time. Life goes by so fast. And we're really trying to anchor for our kids that a break should be fun. They don't know that. Our kids are very, they tend to be very ritualistic because if I know what's going to happen and I know what we're going to do, I don't have to worry about it, right? I don't have to have anxiety. So they tend to cling to the familiar. And we don't want to take that away from them at all, but we also want to make it possible for them to have fun and to try new things. So we're going to make our food fun. We used to make popsicles and we got a popsicle form at Whole Foods, make sure that it's one that doesn't have bionesophol A or whatever, BPA in it. But um, So we had a, a popsicle maker and we would mash up fruit and fruit juice and we would make them and then that would be the treat. And ours were in the shape of rockets because he was super into rockets. So just whatever the food is that you're having, if you think to yourself, how can I make this fun? Even green beans, we love, when we go to Disneyland, we like to go to the Plaza Inn because they will make food special um, and, and gluten-free and dairy-free. And what they would always have is chicken legs. And so they would make some special chicken legs for my son and they would come with green beans. But the Disneyland green beans are extra. They're just... I don't know what they do to them, um, but they it's green beans with just a little bit of very tiny cut up red pepper and some salt and a little bit of, I guess, olive oil. Um, so we will sometimes at home make Disneyland green beans. Um, and that's extra fun when we make them and my son gobbles them up and they're, they're cooked um, so that they're really tender too. So, but they're not overcooked. I, it's hard to explain. I don't get it ever right, but we still go, we're making Disneyland green beans and that's 
fun. So I'm not talking about necessarily just making ice cream sundaes, although you can do that too. And by the way, you can do that gluten-free and dairy-free now. They have gluten-free ice cream cones at almost every grocery store now. Um, and they have dairy-free ice cream at almost every grocery store now. And so just the act of having ice cream in a bowl sometimes is a big treat and fun, but if you put it on an ice cream cone, it's extra, extra fun. I don't know why. Somebody can explain it to me, but let's try to have fun with food during the break. And, I, and you know, it'd be great if we could do this all the time, but I know you're busy and you're working and you've got other things. Um, but hopefully during a break, um, it's something that you might have a little bit more fun in, uh, more time with and involve all of the people in the house. At this point with my son, uh, you know, he is epicurious and loves to cook and loves to make crazy things. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie 10,000 Years a Slave. Is that what the name of it is? With Tilda Swinton and, um, oh my gosh, and his name just flew from my head. Uh, but um, where he uh, plays a genie, it'll come to me at two o'clock in the morning, the name of the actor. Oh my gosh, uh, he's Luther. What is his name? Anyway, um, there's a treat that they make in the, that he makes in the movie that he gives her and it's made from chickpeas and rose water and I don't know what the other ingredient is. Nothing would do but my son had to make that. And now he makes this all the time. He even made his own rose water, go figure. But so I can say to him, you know, what fun food would you like to make? We, we've made squid ink pasta. Um, and basically what it involves now is that, you know, he'll tell me what ingredients I have to special order from other countries. Uh, <laughs> right. But that's fun for him. That's super duper fun for him. So check in with your kids and ask them like, what fun food would you want to have? I still at some point have to get my son jellied eels from England. I think we have to go there to have them. I don't think you can have them shipped. I think I've checked. Anyway, uh, to each their own, right? Um, okay, I've done it again. Let's go to seven. Utilize all the supports and therapies available to the max. So if you go to your ABA provider and you say, hey, I could make myself available to do 40 hours a week during the spring break, can you staff it? And they say yes, then take it. If you go to the school and they say, you say to them, I'd love to have speech during the summer, and they say, oh yes, we can do it, then take it. You may have to juggle what happens when, but take as much as you possibly can. Now, if it gets to the point where you've got too much, which is an embarrassment of riches, right, and the best of all possible worlds, then you get to make choices about, okay, so which things do I wanna prioritize here? So this is where we talk about the ESY, Parker, because your school very likely in your IEP should be offering your kiddo with an IEP ESY. Now, uh, two things about that. Sometimes they will mistakenly forget to offer you ESY, uh, or they'll say that your child doesn't qualify for it. That's almost always wrong. The rule is that your child, um, you, you have to be able to document that your child will slip, I think, more than 20% um, if, and, and that if they feel that they're going to lose more than 20% of what they learned, something like that, uh, don't quote me, but it's something, it's a number and it's around 20%. If they feel that they're going to lose more than that, that then they need to provide ESY. Well, all you have to do is say, my child is this much behind. 
uh, not even counting this last year, they're this much behind, this is an opportunity for them to catch up and you should be able to get ESY. It's sort of one of those things that they just do if the if they're already overstaffed and uh, over um, full that they'll they kind of pick and choose or if they feel that they don't have a program that will suit your child because if your child's there they got to make a program that will suit your child there's all these different reasons why they don't offer ESY I will tell you that if you have the opportunity to maximize your ABA hours or do ESY I will tell you hands down do the ABA. It's going to be a higher quality than what you're going to get in the ESY almost across the board. Unless your ABA provider is not great, in which case get a new ABA provider, right? But if you don't have your ABA fully staffed or your ABA provider is great and they just don't have workers, you might want to um, do the ESY. It's not bad. I used to teach summer school, right? Uh, it's not bad, but make sure that it's something that's really beneficial to your child and your child has the same level of support in the classroom that they had during the school year. Sometimes if your child has an, a one-on-one aid, they don't want to pay the one-on-one aid in ESY, and so they just won't offer it to your child. If your child, you want to make sure that your child has a robust summer where they're having fun and they're not stagnating. You do not want stagnation, right? And summer school is usually only in the morning and it's really only for like four weeks. So if you don't have other services, absolutely take the ESY and maximize it, right? It might be fun. It might be beneficial. Um, But if you have other things like good ABA, I would do that in a heartbeat over the ESY. ESY almost always is going to be a review of things that they learn, so there's the potential for them to be bored if it's not a good teacher, whereas an ABA, they're gonna push for things that they don't yet know. And I would always pick that because every once in a while, they'll cycle back and make sure that the things that they've already learned they still have. You see what I'm saying? So, but utilize it all to the max. Take everything you can, be greedy. Ask for it all. And if for some reason you did not use all of your IEP mandated things in the time that you were at school, ask them for um, uh, compensatory education so that they either give you the ESY and they have to address those things in the ESY. If you're owed speech, they can't just put you in ESY and say, oh, we covered it. No, 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 They have to give you speech. And if they say, we can't, we can't staff it, then they got to write you a check for you to go get someone to do it. And they will, but you have to bug them for it. Uh, okay. Go somewhere new. This is really, I talked about this before. This is about the flexibility thing and it opens them to more experiences. And, and I do think it's, it's best to prepare them for the something new, like show them pictures, talk about what you're going to do there, talk about what the acceptable behavior is there. Um, if there's a, a, a video tour of it first, right, I think it's really important to do that. Now, as they age, if they're already, you know, used to going to new places, occasionally don't let them have that because every place you go in life, you're not going to see it beforehand. But I wouldn't do that unless they're already really comfortable going to new places. But over a break, go to at least once a week, go somewhere that you've never been before. This can be a new grocery store, by the way. This does not have to be a new museum, but why not a new museum? Um, Why not drive to a store that you've never been to or drive two cities over, uh, two towns over from where you are and go to something that you've never gone to before? I took my son, I'm trying to think how many years ago it was, like five, six years ago. Um, I took him uh, with me as I went on a tour 
um, to go visit a, a bunch of ABA providers in Northern California and in Arizona and Texas. And I took him with me and we would go to these individual offices and along the way we had an adventure. And uh, we would stop at all these places along the road and we would go in and be like, what did we find? And we talk about that all the time now, about these adventures that we went on. And now we try to take my husband to go on those adventures too, because we realized he was really missing out. And we went to Boston um, the year before the pandemic and uh, we're there for like 10 days and it was the adventure of a lifetime. We wanna be doing more things like that. And I have a kid who loves that now. Uh, whereas before, anytime we would go someplace new, uh, both he and I would have panic attacks. We'd be like, I don't know where, I don't know what the rules are, I don't know, me too, me too. But we don't as much anymore because we've gotten used to it. So go somewhere new. Uh, you don't have to stay for long. You can stay for five minutes, but try something new. It's good for everybody. Offer choices as much as you can, always in life, but especially during a break. So, it, you know, ask, say, you can, and, but here's the thing when you start with choices. Uh, don't say, what do you want to have for breakfast? Give them the choice. Would you like to have pancakes for breakfast or would you like to have French toast? And sometimes for some kids, that will be anxiety provoking because uh, I really want to have both. And if I have one, what if I end up wanting the other one, right? And they need to learn to deal with those feelings. We don't poo-poo that. That's life. I know grown adults that we go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, I can't decide, I can't decide. And they order one thing and they take one bite and they're like, I should have gotten the other thing. And they mourn it the whole meal, right? We need to, you know, build up in our children that you make a choice right now. It's not the choice for the rest of the world. If you have pancakes today, you can have uh, French toast tomorrow, right? But, or during a break, if you've got the time, you could say, you want both? I will make you both. I will make you a short order of pancakes and I will make you one piece of French toast. Um, but ask them what they want. Which pajamas do you want to wear? Which book do you want to read? Which store do you want to go to? Do you want to put this hour of downtime here or do you want to put swimming here? Any time that you can give them a choice, do. And that's all the time, but especially during the break, because you know why? We have more time during the break, hopefully. That, you know, if you're going to the museum and you get there 10 minutes later than you anticipated, life won't end. But you know that on the mornings that you got to get them to school, that 10 minutes is huge because now they're late, you're late, ugh, right? So choices, 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 choices can cause anxiety if we're not used to them. That's why we want to work on it during the break because ultimately having choice is the thing that ratchets down the anxiety and we always need to be looking at that and working on that with our, with our kids, teens, and adults on the spectrum. We really need to be working on that for ourselves as well. Um, but here's number 10, reward your, everyone including yourself. Be kind to yourself. And, and how you reward yourself is very much up to you. That for some people, this means getting to sit and read their book for 10 minutes uninterrupted. For some people, this is a food item that they want to eat. Be careful with that or you end up, like I did, needing to lose 100 pounds. Um, right? So be careful with the food thing. But reward yourself. Like sometimes for me, taking the time to apply lotion, <laughs> which 
if you had told me when I was 25 that that would be the big treat for me when I'm 60, I would have told you you were out of your mind. And yet it is, it is t- solely for myself that I, when I apply, when I take the time to apply lotion, it's a self-massage, right? And I'm applying lotion and I feel better all day right? For some people, it means making themselves a big vat of water and slicing cucumbers into it or, or strawberries, that they're taking the time to be nice to themselves and that's a reward. Don't poo-poo what it is that would make you feel like you mattered and that you are rewarded. I, I know a mom that she has one hour a week that dad knows he's in charge of everything, the dogs and the children, so she gets to be in the bath and read her book during that hour. And, you know, that's great. I I remember asking one of my best girlfriends, she was like, what do you need? I said, really? You know what I really need? I need an afternoon where I can go scrapbooking by myself. And she was like, your big treat for yourself is to go sit in a scrapbook store and scrapbook? And I said, yes. And at that time, she was single and didn't have kids. And she turned to another friend and she said, if that's ever what I consider a reward and a retreat, please shoot me. And now she gets it. She totally, totally gets it. So... You know, don't poo-poo what one person wants. And we're, we're, we're giving rewards to our kids constantly, hopefully, and our, our significant others, but don't forget yourself in that. They can be tiny rewards, but make sure that we're making things rewarding. I love the positive, assumptive question. I forget to do this all the time, but every morning to say, how could I make today fun for me? How could I make today easier for me? How could I enjoy today? How could I enjoy this next hour? You know, what would I like to do? Ooh, good choices for ourselves. Okay, and then of course, the bonus tip. I already uh, talked about this at length and we're over time. May says, I can relate to the lotion thing, LOL. Isn't that funny? Like we would never have thought that that would be the big treat. And yet it is. Uh, But the bonus tip here to do a nighttime speed clean with everyone. Everyone's involved. No one is left out. Uh, every sibling, every significant other, everybody gets up. and, And it really... If you doubt me on this, just try it for, you know, set the clock for two minutes and say, okay, for two minutes, we're going to pick up as many toys as we can. Ready, set, go. And, and, and start madly picking up toys and throwing them into the bin or the, the box or wherever you keep the toys. And, and if your child really isn't participating, you go over and say, let me help you. And you, you take their hand and you reach down, you pick up a toy with their hand and you put it in and you go, good job. And two minutes later, it's over. And, every, and everybody goes, yay, we did it. And suddenly it was fun and your living room was more picked up than it was two minutes before. It's a great thing. It's my best tip. Um, and if you do that every night during the break, you won't get up every morning and go, oh my gosh, my house looks like, you know, a bomb went off. Because uh, that is not reinforcing for the mom and the dad. It just isn't. So anyway, you guys, it's breaks can be great. And especially if you're getting more support services or at least some of the support services during the break, um, you can make big, big progress. But you can also have some time. Time to do things that we normally wouldn't get to do. Have a little bit of fun because this is the only life we get. And however old your child is right now, they're never going to be this age again. And there is going to come a day when you're going to look back and go, ah, I wish I'd enjoyed that a little bit more. 
I wish, I wish that I'd worried less and enjoyed that more. I know this for a fact because I, that's, I look back and I go, wow, if I could do anything, I would go back and give a fearectomy and just enjoy it. One of my favorite movies is the movie About Time, which is about somebody's ability to time travel and learning that you know, there are many amazing things that happen in a day. And when you already kind of know what things are, can happen, you can enjoy them. But the truth of the matter is we could all enjoy today more. So I hope if you've got a break coming up, don't fear it. Don't fear it. Ask for some help. Hold on to these tips as much as you can. Whatever works for you, what doesn't work, throw it out. Uh, but I, I hope that you'll find some time for yourself and some time to just enjoy the, the people in your life that you love so much, they will enjoy it too. Hey, we're back tomorrow with Stories from the Spectrum. And then on Friday, we're back with a new episode of Let's Talk All the Things with Rachel and Shannon. Rachel Bird will be here with me. Oh my gosh, you guys, she has got, she's taking us on a tour of her kitchen, her gluten-free, dairy-free kitchen, at least part of it is, um, and how she keeps things organized. You're going to lose your mind. My head went when I saw this. So uh, you're definitely going to want to be there, and then we'll talk about all the things. Uh, And then that will be our week. So don't forget to check out autismnetwork.com. Click on any of the podcast of things. Be checking out what's happening on the calendar because it's it's just craziness over here. It's such a good time planning this and it's going to be more fun, I hope, to watch it. So anyway, we'll talk to you guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram for important updates. And please download our free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. See you next time. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.